You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Kingston podcast back for another uh, week of movie talk, but mainly streaming suggestions uh, for no real reason this time. There's just a lot of streaming stuff, Taylor, that came out in the past like week, week and a half. And we thought, oh, yeah, we'll watch that. That makes sense. Well, Mike, I had a secret theme for my watching. Oh, did you? Uh, Streaming headlines that are streaming movies that have made headlines for being bad. Oh, okay. So that's why I chose <laughs> the two movies. I thought I'm going to do a public service for our listeners and I'm going to watch these allegedly bad Netflix movies and see if they really are bad as the headlines are saying. Okay. Well, uh, now I feel bad. I should have had a theme. Um, <laughs> here, 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 Taylor, here's my theme. My theme is I watched two streaming movies that I knew nothing about. There you go. That works too. That's, that's movies from thing. a hat, pretty much. <laughs> so that's fun. So that's interesting because I, I remember you and Katie, like even off air, you were talking about persuasion and saying that yeah. it, like it's a book adaptation and that it wasn't getting a lot of good reviews. Um, but I didn't know the Gray Man was being like it wasn't getting good reviews. I thought people were talking about it a lot. Maybe I'm I, I just heard the name, I guess, and didn't listen to. What I am. Um, I just saw the name a lot. The headlines and granted, like I haven't read articles these are just like headlines Mm -hmm. prior to the gray man coming out like being released it was already making headlines for it being the most expensive netflix production million dollars i think yeah like something 200 million something insane and the i guess i did read like one or two articles and essentially they're like it's the most expensive netflix movie and it's probably going to be a flop so I guess like the reviewers had seen like screeners because mm-hmm. they were writing this prior to it being on the platform. And then very similar headlines for Persuasion essentially saying, um, not even switch headlines, but I had people sharing the trailer on their Facebook and their social media being like, this looks horrible. Like <laughs> this is like the worst adaptation. And I'll be like full disclosure, people. I don't read Jane Austen or like whoever wrote this book. So like that uh, Regency era (laughs) uh, literature. So things like Pride and Prejudice, Persuasion, Mm -hmm. Jane, uh, Jane Eyre. I have not read any of those books. So I came into this, I would say pretty unbiased. Mm -hmm. But um, so anyways, based on those kind of the social media buzz and the headlines I was seeing, even before these movies made it onto the platform, they were being just like dragged through the mud. So I was like, let's see what the hype is all about. I think the funniest thing that you said there was something that's so this day and age to say, oh, I read a bunch of headlines, not the articles, but the headlines. <laughs> yeah, I read the headlines. <laughs> I read the first sentence of the, the article. First sentence. Yeah, yeah, that's very funny. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's very interesting. I had only heard 
So the gray man, I didn't know anything about it, but I had heard from a few people who saw it. And and, and right. even from them, I got some mixed reviews. Like some people are like, oh, it's worth a watch. Like it was fine. And some people are like, it's not good. And then when I stumbled upon Prey, um, when I turned on Disney Plus and, and it, the, the Prey kind of poster is on there, um, which is this like, just this like woman's eyes with like kind of like makeup splattered across. And I was like, what's this? Clicked on it and did not know it was a predator movie. <laughs> did like had no idea that it was a predator movie. I don't know if you, you know predator. <laughs> there it's aliens, right? Predator. No, yeah, predator so, versus alien. I don't yeah, know. So I don't know. <laughs> aliens versus predator is one of the movies. But yeah, you, you know, like so Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the original predator movie of like the eighties. And yes, okay. it's an alien who who's like a hunter. He's a hunter right. species, and it's kind of this very strange-looking alien. And yes, they did a they did a couple more Predator movies, and there was a one that actually came out like two or three years ago that was relatively modern. And then yes, they did Alien vs Predator. You are thinking of the right thing, yeah. Okay, but I don't. That probably would have been a good movie for me to dive into for the watch a movie you don't know anything about the franchise i guess i know a little bit about alien to probably be able to put together the plot line of predator but i'm pretty unschooled that would be a good one for that would be a good one for you and i feel like the one you actually should be dropped into is one of the middle ones that's not great just so you can see the downfall because the first predator movie i was going to talk about this a little bit in my review but i can talk about it now the first predator movie is a like kind of real movie it's just ha- so happens an alien is hunting them but it kind of gives you this air of you're discovering as as this kind of group of soldiers go through the forest that something's hunting them and then you right, later but you discover, don't know what's no you have no idea anything. could be any could be other soldiers like they just think right. they're being hunted tracked by some soldier but it ends up being an alien and that movie plot, mike what a plot twist for people who oh, for sure that for the first time 100 percent a hundred percent what a plot twist and and it was even by non-sci-fi fans people for the most part like the predator movie they thought the first movie was very good and then like a lot of franchises it just goes downhill and into ridiculous land this was a little bit more of a return to form with prey like they kind of backed it up a bit and made it a much more like it's just this like small story that's happening in this one secluded area and that kind of makes it more interesting is Prometheus with Michael Fassbender part of this franchise? Or is ah, that yes. part of the Alien franchise? Well, it's part of Alien, but Alien and Predator, like, it technically Overlap. takes place in the same universe. Yeah, so it. technically there are Aliens and Predators out in the same universe. But yes, you are, the Prometheus is a continuation of basically the Aliens uh, franchise. Alien, Aliens, Alien Resurrection, etc. Then it became, yes, Prometheus um, and other things from there. So yes, For the for the record, I haven't seen that one either, but <laughs> I'm aware I'm aware of it because of Michael Fassbender. <laughs> you, you don't have to you don't have to watch it. Like if there's if if we were going to get you to watch anything of this, probably to for to be good, either the first Alien movie or the first Predator movie is a little bit more up Taylor's alley because it's more of a horror movie. Both of right. Them. It's it's more like the, being hunted by this alien in the forest. It's a it's a straight up horror 
horror film. And Alien is even more so. It takes place on a dark ship. They don't know what's going on. This alien gets loose on the ship and all this stuff happens. And again, it's a very secluded, small story. When they started to expand the universe, things went uh, wonky as, as it's ought to do. So it kind of, honestly, I compare them to the Matrix. The first Matrix movie, good movie, non-science fiction people enjoy it it's just a, a solid movie all around you have to be a super fan to like the rest of the matrix movies like they're just not good <laughs> so like I, the same thing with kind of alien aliens has some people that really really like it but those two movies and predator are kind of the cream of the crop and then it just went in very strange directions including prometheus well mike you realize now that when it comes time to your review today you're going to have to rank the franchise. You know people are going to write in next <laughs> yeah. week. I think we so. already got a fan question about it, actually. I, I think someone <laughs> asked me to rank. Where rank in the, in the franchise? <laughs> yeah. So it, it ranks. I mean, this is the thing about Prey. Like, this is the thing about Prey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into more detail when we get to it. And there are criticisms they have for the movie. But what the movie did extremely well was they made it a simple, secluded story that is simply a a predator and prey story that's that's not too overdone it's very character driven it's very follows this young woman i'll get into it but it kind of follows her journey specifically it, that's the things that it did well and that's why in my opinion i rank it in terms of predator movies two behind the original predator movie but keep in mind taylor i think everything else is trash in that series so it's not so hard. no it's not hard to get up there so i do have some criticisms to lay about it i do have some things to talk about but it's definitely better than the garbage that came before okay so there you go that's my definitive ranking <laughs> predator first prey second an entire pile of trash yeah, everything else yeah. <laughs> yeah i uh i know so i i don't i'm not on social media much i'm, I'm really not but every once in a while just because it entertains like five people. I I do my updated Star Trek rankings. So I'll, right. I'll rank all the, the TV series or I'll rank all the movies and I'll put them on my Facebook and I'll just put them there and a couple people really like it. Because what I do is I'll start ranking them. And then when it gets time for the new Trek stuff, I start putting other things in there, like a pile of trash, uh, what uh, people saying thoughts and prayers and like Dale all this other burrito. stuff in life. Yeah. Dale, burrito, like all these other things I hate. And then I'll list the Star Trek stuff. And people think that's pretty funny of the, of the like 90 friends I have on Facebook. Um, five or six of them seem to get a kick out of it when I do that. So um, you got to give your fans, got to give your fans what they want, Mike. You that's what I'm here five for. Of them. <laughs> Even if it's five people, I'm here for the 90 ish friends and followers I have on Instagram and Facebook. I don't want any more. I purposely don't let people follow me because I'm not into that kind of stuff. So there you go. So don't go looking for him, listeners. Yeah, don't find You can't do it anyway. I know so much about social media. You can't find me even if you wanted to. Um, findable. <laughs> very unfindable. Um, we do have a couple fan questions to get to before cool. we uh, move on with our movie reviews. So let's dive into that. Um, and I do believe there's something about me ranking things in here. I quickly scan. Uh, but first, we're going to hear from Tyler Vance. Uh, who actually technically wrote in last week, but I felt like it didn't fit with what we were talking about. Um, so 
Uh, Tyler says, hello, Taylor and Mike. Congratulations on making it to 200 episodes. I had to step out for a few episodes back there to avoid Stranger Things spoilers, as I'm still on season three and have been for what seems like years. But I completely... <laughs> it would <laughs> be I years because there was a hiatus between season three Yes, that's and four. true. Yeah. So he's really been sitting there with it's season literal three years. years. Um, <laughs> but I hold completely... Uh, unfounded faith that I will someday return and finish what uh, was started. I am back to listening to your episodes weekly and excited for many more years of things from screening in Kingston, such as Conjuring Hype, Bull Burnham Stalking, uh, Unfounded Ethan Hawke Slander, and of course, finding ways to force my favorite movies onto the show. If you if y'all keep recording, I'll keep listening. Sincerely, Tyler, the strangest of all things, Vance. P.S. When Disney <laughs> purchases Illumination Studios and drafts the minions into the MCU, which Marvel villain would the little yellow goofballs be most likely to follow? I vote for Killmonger, mostly for the comedic gold that would come from that mix. And that's that's an unfair advanced. question because I don't know enough about the Marvel. Well, so universe. what is remind me because I've seen the minion movies, but I just don't remember. They go for the best, like the biggest bad guy or like the most like cruel despicable person is that the idea yeah the idea is they go for the big boss so like the bad <laughs> that's what they call their their uh their bosses the big boss so whoever's like the biggest bad of the time so to get around the uh hitler and mussolini and stalin they had oh, yeah them, they had them hang out in they essentially like hibernated after napoleon and like lived in the <laughs> arctic until like the 1960s because so, that would be really awkward if yeah, in this kid's Minion movie based, they followed Hitler around. Yeah. Because, yeah, based on Minion folklore, they would have. I think I think that's, guys. but I think that's the Minion movies I saw though, because I, I do remember them uh, with Napoleon, and I think I remember yeah, them being up north. The, and then, like, three of them travel to, to go find a new big boss. Yeah. They get yeah. at first they like living in the cave and just like having a good time, and then. Yeah, who wouldn't? They get really depressed because they don't have a big boss to follow. Depressed minions. I gotta, I gotta rewatch this. I do remember, like, I'm the, all this is definitely. Um, that's the first minion. That's the movie. one I've seen. Okay, that's I when you get all of the back, like the the folklore, the lore, the minion yeah. lore. <laughs> like, I think, I think probably in that case, it would be Hela, the goddess of death from Thor Ragnarok. Um, she's played by Kate Blanchett, oh, yeah. and. I, I mean, yeah, I think that would also be comedic gold of having her with, with all them. But also, even though she's only kind of in the one movie, she is, especially in the comic books, a pretty big deal and is is who Thanos is trying to, like, impress in the comic books. So they didn't do that in the movies, but in the comic books, like, he's trying, with all this Infinity stuff, he's actually trying to impress uh, Hela, the goddess of death. So I actually think she would be probably the one that that uh, that they would follow and another little piece that may factor into your decision mike is that the minions aren't very good at what they do so like, yes. that's what <laughs> that's yes, that's part of the comedy is that you know they're following these big bads <laughs> they're trying their best but their best just isn't very good <laughs> so yeah Having a big bad like the goddess of death and then them kind of accidentally sabotaging her along the way 
would make a good movie. Yes, that would make a, that would be very funny. Um, but thank you, Tyler, for all your your well wishes. Uh, it's been it's been a exciting ride, and we're going to talk two hundred episodes soon. We'll probably have a firm kind of announcement next week of what we're doing, and then we're going to be doing that show early September. Um, I think we picked a date though. I think we figured out September thirteenth. That sounds that right. episode it that was was right. around when because yeah because that would be the week after the kind of um that first week of september is always uh students are coming back and orientation and stuff and i'm pretty sure it was the first week after that yeah that i don't think we would have recorded on labor day no no it would have been the, it would have been the week after so the ter- tuesday september 13th that episode will be our big four-year 200 episode celebration Yay. so everyone stay tuned um, next fan question comes from Josh, the Inquisitor, of course. Uh, he says, oh, hi, uh, Mike, are you familiar with the Predator series? If so, how does Prey stack up against the others? Do you there have you a go. favorite Predator movie? There you go. I knew there was something in there. Um, yes, yeah, so the original Predator movie, I still think it's my favorite. Prey is definitely number two. Um, I just don't like the direction the movies went in from there. They got a little strange note there for me um especially the predator movie of a couple years ago i thought it was quite quite bad mike Um, you can say it the other ones are hot garbage hot garbage exactly it's uh, as i as i've said recently uh a garbage truck on fire there you go um that's (laughs) what they are um and then his question for you taylor what did you think of the plot of the great man from the trailer it seemed like it was going to be a Jason Bourne-esque typical spy movie with a bunch of A-list actors. Okay, Josh the Inquisitor. Um, so what about the plot specifically of Grimm? What did you think? Of I've never seen any of the Bourne movies. What? So. What? You've never seen a single Bourne movie? No, no, no. I no. I think maybe my have dad you, read Have you the seen Mission Max. Impossible? Never seen Mission Impossible. Um, yeah. I, I think I've said it before on the show. Like, I don't watch a lot of spy movies. And if I do watch spy movies, and I, and I also don't watch a lot of action movies. But if I do watch spy movies, they're typically, like, spy comedies. You know, like, action comedies. In that- four years, I don't think you've ever brought this up. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, I honestly just assumed you've truth. seen maybe one of them. No. Okay. Um, I've never seen a full James Bond. Um, and uh, Wait, but wait a minute. Did you, I don't think, did you mention that when I reviewed the James Bond movie? Yeah, I must have. I think are, our I fans think so. will check you. I think yeah, our fans know. Fans fact check. I've never seen a James Bond, <laughs> like a full James Bond. I have never seen Jason Bourne. I've never seen Mission Impossible. Like, the movies, a lot of my movie watching is informed by my mom. And, like, if we watched action movies, they were, like, this very specific subgenre of, like, Jason Statham movies. So, like, I've yeah. seen, like, uh, you know, the heart, the one where his heart's going to explode. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. The one where he, like, has to fight out of a prison by being in, like, a death race. It actually might be called death race. I think so, it's like, called death race. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, those are the same action movies like escape from new york like i don't know like this Mm. weird kind of yeah 
uh, I don't know what kind of subgenre like, of action cheesy, that would like be. Like cheesy action or, <laughs> or whatever that is. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. I'm not like super familiar with the spy genre. So in terms of like plot for the gray man, I guess this is another theme of this episode of me going in pretty neutral. Like I'm yeah, not. So why did you watch it? Like that's what I'm trying to like. Why did you well, watch? I wanted to see. I wanted to see if it was a two hundred million dollar flop. Like oh, just okay. because I don't watch spy movies doesn't mean I don't know what a flop is. <laughs> I because when you mentioned it last week, I I said, oh, I'll I'll watch it too because I've been meaning to. Like I was going to watch it and thought, oh, if you're going to watch it, I'll watch it too. We'll both talk about it. I didn't realize you had this zero like interest zero access to spy genres like i knew you're not a huge action movie fan but you've seen some so yeah. i just this this completely I mean, the man from uncle is one of my favorite movies exactly that's spy movie yeah <laughs> but it's more like that. an action comedy right that's true that's true it's not and it's not really as much a spy spy epic as much as it's more of a i mean a little bit of undercover but it is a comedy at, yeah. at the heart of it is it's funny I like the gentleman. That's another good one. Yeah. And again, same thing. Like it is more of a comedy, lighthearted, kind of fast action, but really the jokes and the comedy is kind of shuts through. Um, it, but it, see, there you go. In four years, I learned something completely new see? about you and your movie. Back. We have so we much do this. to learn. <laughs> or that was the last thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is, is the very last new thing you'll ever learn about. And that's it. And now this is just a show that keeps trucking until death. Yeah. But uh, should I answer Josh's question? Yes. What did I think of the plot? <laughs> yeah, what did you think of the plot? <laughs> I thought it was fine. I thought it was uh, not fine. I thought it was an interesting um, storyline. Like, I certainly thought this story... Uh, I wouldn't so go, go so far as to say riveting, but I certainly was interested. You know, you have this rogue age or uh, he's not rogue. He's like a secret, secret agent. He doesn't yeah, exist like on a, the books. They, yeah, it doesn't exist on the but off the books. Yeah, he's off the secret books. Agent. Yeah. And there's like a changing of the guard in the CIA. The new regime wants the old regime out. And so he's kind of a relic of a bygone era and gets hunted by a sociopath. That's like a pretty Taylor plot line. You know, you got a pretty charismatic, interesting villain. Um, to be honest, Mike, like, I think I've read too much fan fiction. I thought Ryan Gosling and Captain America were going to fall in love. <laughs> I kept waiting uh, for Yeah, that. They, they definitely did seem to have a little bit of that energy. Absolutely. There was a, a homoerotic undertone between all of there their interactions. Yeah, so. it's, it was very, it was actually, it was very Top Gun. Right, that with the mustache. The two of them, yes, with the mustache too, and like that, I think added to it. It's like it's 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 felt so much like Top Gun, um, yeah, where it had that undertones as well. So yeah, no. So definitely. in terms of plot, like I won't do my full review now because there's probably more fan questions, but like the, I had no problem with the plot. The plot wasn't the problem with the movie, Mike. I don't know how you felt. But, I like, agree that the plot was not my. It problem was not the problem. Movie, yes. There's another blatant issue I had, but it was not plot. So I agree with that. I think the plot was actually pretty straightforward. It was pretty much like it was good. It was interesting. Like that, that wasn't a problem whatsoever. So I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, next fan question here comes from Lily. Uh, and Lily wants to know, is there a genre or type of film that when you come to review 
a movie each week for screening in Kingston, you think to yourself, oh no, it's one of these. That sometimes is how I feel as a listener when sometimes you're going to review a movie and I think to myself, oh no, I really should watch this so I can kind of follow along with their review, but I can't believe I actually have to watch this. And that comes from Lily. Well, you don't, I mean, you're a good, you're a good fan, Lily. You don't have to watch along with us. <laughs> We're but, not twisting uh, your arm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to say yes. There are times when we've decided to review a movie or it's just that movie's come out. We do a little bit of that, less of that now. Like we're always a couple weeks behind things. But when we were in that like history of, of oh, the movie comes out and we review it right away. There was times when I was dreading what the movie is thinking. Oh, it's one of these. Like that's what I have to see. Yes, I do get some of those feelings. I don't know about you, Taylor, but I do get some of those still. One of the blessings of the pandemic, because we're a couple weeks behind, like we're, uh, you and I are kind of more selective in our movie going, like leaving the house, I guess you could say, like assessing our risk week to week. So like Mike said, we're not as um, current necessarily with our movie reviews. So I feel like we have more power selecting the movies we watch. So I have less like grumble bum picking movies now than pre-pandemic because when we were going like literally to the movies one two three times a weekend it was like whatever is opening or playing that week that's what we're seeing so there were definitely times where I was like oh really like anytime Kira Knightley like the only movie that's remotely interesting is Kira yeah. Knightley movie. Like I remember that bro. happening once or twice yeah. when you were like, like "Oh, there's a Kira Knightley movie at the screening room." And that's what I'm gonna huge go groan. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, huge groan. Um, for me now, it's like when fans are like, "Taylor, watch a Marvel movie." I'm like, "Groan zone." Like, really? You guys know what my review is gonna be. <laughs> But and yet like, they keep asking. I don't know. People do. just, they want, they want you to love that what they love, right? Like that's, that's what we've learned about this. Our fans want us to love the things they love and we try, we give it a shot. We we'll keep trying. Shot. I'll, you we'll keep always. asking, I'll keep going, but that's probably the only, I don't know, Mike, you and I, like, we just love the movies. I'm like, I'm pretty fair mm. game. Even if it's a genre mm. I don't really like, sure. um, I'll probably give it a try. Of probably. Course. Uh, when Tyler recommends movies, Tyler Vance, yeah. I'm like, the heartbeat Ugh. always, always definitely jumps up a bit because it's just you just don't know whether it's what type of ride you're going to be in yeah. with that type of film, like the the films that Tyler like. Like it, it can really be, oh, this was actually quite good and engaging, or what am I watching here? Why am I still watching this? Um, yeah, I, I think I think there were still definitely moments of that but yeah i think because like you said we both just love movies we're generally willing to give anything a try there's just you know i'm not going to see a simple favor too right like that's that that would make me grumble and grow like that there's, there's certain things where i know i'm not going to like it and i would hate to have to review it um yeah. last question here is from Kristen, uh who says <laughs> She says, oh, gushing over Ryan Gosling. I'm so excited to hear what your thoughts are. I see every movie that he is in. Do either of you have a favorite Ryan Gosling movie? And that comes from Kristen. Um, listen, Ryan Gosling is not a good actor. <laughs> Ryan Gosling never speaks. 
never has a he's the same character in every movie they don't give him anything to do which maybe is not his fault but therefore maybe he's just a bad actor he apparently you know the movie drive did you yeah. see drive yeah, I saw okay it. You, yeah. know how he, you know how he doesn't speak turns out this is what i discovered recently while i was doing my research on the gray man he they did shoot a full movie with him having a bunch of dialogue and they chose to cut it all and make him an almost silent character. What does that tell you? Like I just, <laughs> Ryan Gosling is not a good actor. I'm so concerned that he, Ryan Gosling has been cast um, as, um, uh, oh Ken. God, Ken not Ken. Movie. No, I'm not, I'm actually not worried about that because that, he doesn't have to say much, but like the, there's my, my, Favorite book of Reese recently is called a book called Project Hail Mary. It's by Andy Weir, who also wrote The Martian, which movie fans will know. And Ryan Gosling's been cast in the lead role. And it really, really, really worries me. Because in the book, this character is charismatic, funny, interesting. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to the main character. And Ryan Gosling does not have any layers. There's no, like, there's no layers to him. Like, if there is, he keeps it extremely silent. I find him boring as an actor to watch. Very boring. I don't think he's ever, like, his, there are some movies he's in that are good, but I I would look to his performance and be like, that was a great performance. So, (laughs) I had a lot of feelings uh, while watching him on, on camera because... I too was a Ryan Gosling stan, like any girl my age in high school. Um, and Mike, I I will I would be lying if I didn't seriously consider if he can act while watching the Gray Man. <laughs> like I'm watching exactly. this here, and I'm like <laughs> I'm like. But here's the thing, Mike. He may not be a good actor. But I love watching him on screen. So maybe he is a good actor. I don't know. Like, I enjoy watching him. But, but is um, that because he's good looking? I don't know. So uh, I don't know, Taylor. It's just it's tough because like I can name right now an actor who doesn't say much, but is a good actor. And that's Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is a reactive actor. Yeah. Brad Pitt's best roles is him reacting to things around him. And he's and some of his brilliant comedic roles. It. Like, he's yes, very it, good comedic oh. timing. He's great comedic timing. So so Brad Pitt is another actor who is handsome, who doesn't say much, but you can tell he's a good actor by the things that he does. I don't think Ryan Gosling reacts well to what's going on. He has the same facial expression in every single scene, no matter what's happening. And I just, I, I don't understand. There's got to be a reason why he's cast in all these roles where he doesn't speak. Because he he's been like that that Blade Runner movie he barely talked in like he did a bunch of things where he doesn't speak and I don't know why like maybe he'll surprise and it I I hope so I'm looking forward to Project Hail Mary as the movie because I love the book so much if he does a great job I'll take everything I said back because he he'll prove me wrong and maybe it's the luck of the draw Mike I'll give you two early movies that he's in Um, The Believer from two thousand and one where he plays um, uh, a, a person of Jewish faith who rejects his faith and actually becomes a neo-Nazi. Oh, and I saw that movie. That's Ryan Gosling? That's Ryan Gosling. 
and murder by um, murder by numbers with my favorite michael pitt haven't got to mention him in a while that movie's from 2002 um and it's about like two like high school students who essentially want to pull off like the perfect murder and Michael Pitt and Ryan Gosling are like the two high school students and Sandra oh, Bullock her, plays oh, their teacher. Okay. So, yes, I now know what you mean. Okay, I now know what that movie is. I thought you meant something else, but yes. Now he's very young in both those movies. Like we're talking about 2001, yes. 2002, yes. coming off of like yeah. young Hercules and the Before boat. he changed the way he, he talks. talks. Like this is this is back when he was Cana- very Canadian yeah. still and not not his, uh, his strange American accent. thing that he used to. Whatever he, I don't even, it's not even just an accent. He has changed the cadence in which he, he emotes and uses his face and talks. Like he's just changed everything to be more American. Anyway, that's a whole side whole story. Thing. But, but so, <laughs> and I really like Lars and the Real Girl. But again, it's another movie where he doesn't do a lot of talking. Yeah, like I, he's not—he's not the big thing. And like, yes, he's in that movie, but like, I think that movie's good regardless of him. Fair enough. So I don't know. I'm kind of um, the jury's out. I had a lot of fun watching him on like on screen with the gray man. But like I, I again would be lying if I didn't sit there being like, is he a good actor? But he's good in the believer in murder by numbers. And he so like it's not like you go from being a good actor to a bad actor, can you? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh you I think you absolutely can. I will definitely rewatch those movies though. Um to because I it's been a very long time. I definitely remember like now as you're talking, I'm like, oh I didn't even realize there was on gossip, which could be the mark of a good actor right there. Um, but also he was very young and that was a long time ago. And Mike, to be fair again, I would have watched those movies uh, like when I was in high school and early university. So like, yeah, like high school time. Yeah. So it's like, uh, again, like I'm remembering those movies fondly, but it was, was he actually good? Maybe Michael Pitt's not even a good actor. I don't know. What's, what's a good actor, Mike? We could have that conversation. But I, all I know is I like seeing Ryan Gosling and I like seeing Michael Pitt on screen. So yeah, yeah no, and I get it. Like it's art, art is subjective. Um, but I still think there are, there are things, there are things you can point to that each person looks for that makes them a good actor or not. Um, Mike, so, so, sorry, Kristen, for really going after your, one, your guy here. But <laughs> One quick note, which I thought was really funny, and I wonder if they did this on purpose, but movies are written many years in advance. But Captain America, Chris Evans, whatever, whichever Chris it was, um, yes. calls so. calls Ryan Gosling's character a Ken doll in the movie. Yes. It's one of his insults. Oh, my gosh, I thought that was so great. Um, that yes, yeah, so very good coincidence because yes, this movie would have been written well before that cast. Oh, I thought, oh what a, what on um, the nose? Unless they threw it in there, like because some, sometimes there's extra things, right? Like maybe or whatever. yeah, maybe they threw the line in there because I thought that would be funny. Um, but yes, very on the nose. We should probably get into the reviews here, probably um, as we truck along. So why don't we just go right into the Gray Man? We both saw it. We've already been talking about it a bit. I think people can kind of sense our feelings on it. Um, so yeah, Taylor, let's, let's go into more detail here. What did you think of the great man? I don't think it's the flop that some of the headlines are making it out to be. I think people like to hate things for the sake of hating it. Uh, (laughs) like, and I don't think like, does this movie deserve all the hate? Probably not. I will say that it's one of the uglier movies that I've seen in recent time. Um, the cinematography. Despite all the money spent. 
it and somehow I, was the ugliest movie. That was some of the critiques I was seeing was that like they threw millions and millions and millions of dollars and like it looks horrible. So that's probably like, well, if it looks this bad, it must be that bad. Um, so like cinematography, lighting, um, special effects, like it was pretty muddied. Like it was sometimes mm-hmm. hard to see what was happening on screen. And then and then contrast it with like the most like HD outside daytime scenes. You know what I mean? Like it was yes. weird. It was like yes. totally. Um, so like visually, I think this movie had a lot of faults. And again, for a $200 million movie, you think that they would be able to fix that. But the state of CGI is a whole other, like, we could, that's a whole other issue. We I guess, don't have time to get into it today. No, but I guess what makes it so bad is that, yes, it caught like $200 million. It's a lot of money. It's also the directors are the two directors who did the, the last two Avengers movies, which are heavily CGI, kind of big budget, like $250 million movie budgets, and looked way better than this movie, like night and day. So the question is, is the the $200 million that they spent, was that just on talent? They, I don't they, know. Did Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and these directors cost a lot of money? Could be. Because they where are, else like, did it go? <laughs> they're, very a, they're very A-list. But I d- recently saw something on Twitter, like the, it was like, I don't know. I didn't read the whole, again, I didn't read the whole article, but I it, the issue is this, the bad CGI we're seeing is like an industry problem. Like it's not like a stand, it's not like a single movie um, because the CGI in Black Widow was really crappy too. So it was, yeah. it's um, we're just seeing like bad CGI now <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't know. So um, that's like my first major critique. It's like, yeah, they spent all this money and it looks, it looks like a B movie in a lot of ways um i thought the acting was good i thought sometimes the plot like i liked the plot but i sometimes thought the writing got a little muddied as well like when they threw in that extra assassin they like introduced him chris evan calls him like the sexy tamil or whatever they introduced him i completely forgot about him and then they reintroduced him like two-thirds into the movie only for Mm -hmm. him to be like i don't care like that that to me was sloppy (laughs) sloppy writing um but like overall it was it was fine you know what i mean like it was it was exactly what i thought i was going to get into uh yeah like to me you know and and not to jump ahead a little bit but basically i'm i'm giving this an airplane it because to me this is an airplane movie the plot's fine easy to follow it's an action heavy movie the acting was fine i didn't have any problems with that my issues were i found the action boring like the way it was shot, I found it boring. I was like, okay, just move on. Like another action sequence. It was dark. I couldn't see what was going on. It was smoky. It was like the cinematography was terrible. It was jumping all over the place. And I find that boring and just my, my brain disconnects. Where I'm just like, oh, there's you're overstimulating me here. You're not showing me anything. Like I'm bored. I'm done with this. And to me, it was just like, oh, I it's it would be something distracting to kind of watch on an airplane to kill some time. But I wouldn't necessarily myself want to sit at, you know, at home and be like, ah, tonight I'm going to stream up the gray man. Like it was just sort of meh. load up the next ride. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, not going to do that. But yeah, like the rest of the movie I thought was fine. 
and definitely doesn't deserve some of the hate because like the acting was good. And I thought that the, the chemistry between some of the actors was strong. And I thought their characters were like somewhat interesting. Like they did an okay job. Again, my, my comments about Ryan Gosling stand, I still don't think he did that much. I feel like he played the same character in this movie that he did in another kind of spy movie um, with Russell Crowe that he was in years ago where he played kind of another sort of funny. Oh, I like um, that movie. I like that movie movie. too. I like the movie too, but now he's done it twice, Taylor. So like, is that's his, so he he can be stoic and silent or he can be this character. Yeah. I don't know. know I'll look it up real quick. Yeah. It it was, I do remember like the nice guys. Yes. I do remember liking it. And I remember thinking, wow, Ryan Gosling did something different. But now I've seen this movie. I'm like, oh, he did that again. It's like, like he just did the same the thing. glib. They like describe him as glib in the movie. That's like that glib yeah. character. Nothing's serious. Yes. Everything's kind of sarcastic. Bloop, 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 yeah. Bloop. yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you don't. I I think, yes. Do some do sometimes actors get pigeonholed or they take the same roles? Not everyone needs to be an Oscar winner, Mike. No, I know <laughs> not everyone needs to be an Oscar winner. I absolutely <laughs> don't think that everyone needs to be an Oscar winner. I do like I I honestly don't think Tom Cruise is an Oscar winner, but he's a good actor and he gives it his all. And even though sometimes he has very similar characters in his movies, he is entertaining and dynamic and interesting and he steals scenes and he's able to do things. And I would even say that about like, I I don't know, I would have to look at a list or like talk about movies, but even small actors in various movies who have small roles still do the thing very well and i just feel like ryan gosling doesn't really do much for me he doesn't do fair enough fair like enough. I just emote like do something with your face <laughs> but he just kind of doesn't um but yes yeah, like we can't make this episode about ryan gosling we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not his, gonna even though most his of it beautiful is. <laughs> emotionless face um, um but i do have one quick thing before we move on to the other yes. reviews is um and this is just really me being nitpicky, but like, I, again, I didn't have a problem with the overall story, but I did sometimes have a problem with the writing. I don't need a tragic backstory for my morally ambiguous lead. So, you yes, know, the fact I, that, yes, like, too the, much. the fact yeah. that, so they write for, this isn't a spoiler for people who are watching, but essentially, because it happens in the first scene. Ryan Gosling gets recruited from prison in order to become this gray man because like he has no future. So he's expendable. Right. And so it's like, I don't need to know why he's in jail. It's more fun for me to imagine that he's this horrible rogue, like this horrible, you know what I mean? Like, but again, that's just crazy Taylor. And I love it. Uh, anti-hero, but like, yeah. I don't need the tragic backstory. And at one point the character says like, Another character says to him, why were you in jail? And he says, well, if I tell you, will it change your mind about me? And she said, maybe. No, I don't need any of that. Like that's so- Taylor, Taylor's answer would have been no. No, I don't. No, I don't care. In fact, I just want all the juicy details. So let's go. Especially because he's matched against a sociopath. Mm-hmm. So to me, mm-hmm. it's more interesting that he's actually a bad guy. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that was unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it is adapted from a novel. So the novel may have had all that subtext or that subplot. But like, 
you're adapting a movie. You don't have to add it in just because it's in the book. So anyways, that's me really being nitpicky. But I'm like, come on, people. Uh, If you're going to go like full criminal, go full criminal. Don't be apologetic for your character, especially when you're putting them up against a a big bad. What would you rate? Like, what's your rating for the Grinch? I am. I also feel like it's probably an airplane. It's like between a stream and an airplane. It yeah, wasn't it's kind of that the worst. Like, yeah, it wasn't the worst thing I ever saw. <laughs> but definitely, like, don't run out to watch yeah. this one. I think it's a yeah airplane matinee movie is kind of where we kind of stick these types of things and I would say that that makes a lot of sense um okay so you also another book adaptation persuasion uh you you saw as well and I believe that Dakota Johnson's in that yes Um, another one is she a good actress is she not a good actress I don't know the, the I mean I the sample size is a lot smaller um, so I think for me, at least the jury is still out. I feel, feel very confident in making a ruling on Ryan Gosling, but I don't feel confident in making a ruling on her yet. Yeah, I don't know. Also, she does a British accent. And like, is that a good British accent? Is she British? I don't know. Was I, it a good British accent? I don't think she's British. Was it a good one? It was fine. Like, <laughs> okay. it was okay. But so here's, the, this is the issue with this movie is they wanted to do a Regency era book. um, And instead of doing a straight uh, period piece, they thought we're going to update the dialogue only at some parts, not the whole movie, only at some parts. We're going to update the dialogue so that it's like modern. So they say things like vibe and self-care and X, you know what I mean? Like words that, did not exist to my knowledge (laughs) at the time the book was written so a lot of people their complaints were like wow this really ruins kind of the literary aspects of the adaptation because like you take this beautiful text and you've really reduced it to like really stupid one-liners essentially so i i don't have the the baggage of being a jane austen fan i've never read the book so like whatever but like (laughs) It was a little jarring and a little bit like too on the nose. Like when the when the sister's like, my doctor tells me I need to prioritize my self-care. It's like, what? Like, that's weird. This is like out of. And then in the next scene, they're kind of talking Regency again. So like, and um, they're kind of describing it as Jane Austen meet, meets Bridget Jones's diary. Because she breaks the third wall and, like, speaks to the audience. But she does it the whole movie. It's technically the fourth wall. Sorry, yep, the fourth wall. She breaks the fourth wall. The third wall would just be another wall. (laughs) Dakota Johnson or whatever. Yeah, Dakota. I think her name is maybe Anne in the movie. Um, She's, like, speaking to the camera. But, like, every scene. Oh. So, like, things will happen. And then she'll, like, turn to the camera and, like, wink. Or, like... There's dialogue, and then she'll turn to the camera and, like, comment on the dialogue. I don't know. I thought it was too much. Like, again, like, kind of too on the nose. Like, like wink, wink to the audience. It's like, just show me. Just, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. And then the love interest in the movie, I guess you can say. There's kind of two love interests, but the main one. Um, he's supposed to be, like, this devastatingly handsome, most beautiful man in the world. Even Dan Dan turned to me because he was on he was playing his computer game. He goes, Is that guy supposed to be good looking? <laughs> and I 
I'm like, I'm like, Dan, I've been sitting here the whole movie trying to figure out whether or not he's good looking. I don't think he was. I thought maybe he's good looking by like Regency standards. But like none of the cast is like Regency. Like they didn't cast Kira Knightley for this movie, right? They cast, they cast Dakota Johnson, who's like modern pretty. So I'm like, I don't get it. And like another case of, is this person a bad actor? I can't tell. It felt the way he acted, the love interest in the movie, I think his name's like Wentworth or something. I don't know. They all have, you know, really British sounding names. Anyways, it was like watching an android try to mimic human emotion. That's what it was like watching the movie. I was like, what? That's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I feel like as an unbiased third party who's not committed to the genre, this like, because this is a genre, this sort of Regency era um, period piece, I I think I can truthfully say this was a bad movie. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the acting was weird. The writing was weird. Um, They really tried to uh, make it make it like Bridgerton. So it's clearly appealing to the Bridgerton audience. And I think like it just didn't work. And like, I can understand why Katie turned it off in like the first 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. but this is a, this is a skip it. (laughs) Maybe an airplane it. Like if you're like, you're like, I'm going if you're just desperate into this world, I'm going to England and I want to watch a a thematic movie on the plane maybe watch this one but like it was yeah it was weird it was oh and it had your uh favorite guy from crazy rich asians he played the other love interest uh like the one i actually don't like or the one i like the one you actually don't like oh oh what a gold Steen or whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was Harry, that guy. Harry Goldstein. Yeah. Yeah, that's another guy who can't act either. <laughs> so. so yeah, there you go. The supporting cast was like okay, but I'm like, I'm like, maybe the book's better, but the, the movie was not not good. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, movie not good. Um, yeah, and then I saw Prey, um, which just it literally dropped this weekend on Disney Plus. Um, that was a movie that, as, as I said, I had no idea that it was a, basically a Predator prequel. It was set before Predator because it was set like 300 years ago. Um, so it was like 17 something. Um, and where is it? America? Yeah, it's set in, yeah, it's set in, in North America and it's, it follows, um, this tribe of first nation people through like their day-to-day lives when it gets interrupted by this predator. Um, so what's very interesting about this movie is, so first of all, it's like the cast is, is all indigenous actors. That's number one. That's the first thing, which is very, very interesting because one, you don't see that often. And two, they did like, they went, they went in terms of their casting, like proper, we're going to cast who should be in each of these roles. Which is which was really good. The, the two, especially the two young. I got their names here because I want to make sure I give them credit here. Amber Midthunder and Dakota Beavers, who are the two kind of main people. So so Amber um, Midthunder plays Naru, who's this young female warrior who's basically trying to change her status within the tribe, and she's trying to. She's actually going against. That doesn't get brought up much, only a little bit, but she's actually going against gender roles. 
in in what she's trying to do. Like she's being looked at as like, oh, like one of the guys makes a comment when she's trying to go on the hunt with them, being like, oh, well, we, we don't, we're not going to like be gone long enough to need a cook. Like that's what they, that's how they look at her. Zing. And she's trying, yeah, and she's trying to be a warrior because her brother, who's played by Dakota Beavers, is this fantastic warrior. Right. Like he's, he's, they're both young. They look like they could be like two years apart. Like he's like 18 or 19, just like on the threshold of manhood. And she's like a couple years younger. You know what I mean? Like it's, and what this, this whole thing is set in is there's this sort of ceremonial hunt that he's going on that makes him officially a hunter and a man. Right. Um, so that happens right at the beginning and all this stuff happens and she's kind of following him around. And then the predator shows up and th- things begin to happen. Um, and the predator hunts uh, the group of hunters that and are it, out in the woods. Apparently there's a dog, right, Mike? So Yes, yeah, so she has a dog, <laughs> Naru. That's, that's Naru the only thing I've really seen. Apparently the director Listen. was like, everyone wanted me to put more dog in. I put as much dog yeah. in as I could. <laughs> And just so everyone knows, the dog's fine. Good. Spoiler alert, nothing happens to the dog. Uh, yes, yeah, so so her companion is a dog. So her and the dog you spend a lot of time with where they go out. And because really what I liked about this movie was it was a bit of a slower crawl to get to kind of the second half of the movie, which is the gore of the predator hunting these people. Because what ends up happening is at the beginning of the movie, the predator is in the forest, but the predator's hunting animals. And this group, she's there. She's kind of tagged along with this hunting group. And she, they, they keep discovering that animals are being hunted and skinned, but just left there, which is not something that they're used to, right? They use every bit of the animal that they, that they hunt. So they're kind of concerned and they don't know what's going on and they're trying to like figure it out. Um, and as they, as they go through, I think the movie tries to make it think like, oh, there are like, white people here who are just new to the land and are causing problems. Like they try to make it seem like it could be that, but it's the predator. Right. Um, they're trying the to that, give it like real life explanations. They are, but the movie failed in that sense because from the beginning of the movie, you know that the predator's there because you see the ship landing and you see the predator get dropped off. And you oh. see like you see way too much of the predator. And that to me is what lowered this movie down from what would have been a see it to a stream it because they didn't hide the shark. Like, like, you know, that term of hiding the monster, they didn't do it. So from the beginning, here we are following this group of people who are like discovering and going on a mystery and you're not discovering it with them. You know what the answer is. You know, it's a predator, you know, that's going to get there eventually. And that completely ruined that part of the movie for me. I felt they could have done a better job of why didn't you just try to hide the fact? that it, that the predator's there and, and let that be the discovery of the movie. Cause someone like me who didn't see any previews ha- had no idea it was a predator movie until again, about five minutes into the movie. Like I was watching it and you know, there was, you know, some sequences and some really nice shots and kind of following her and her dog around and she's trying to learn to hunt. And then suddenly she sees something come from the sky and land. And I'm like, Oh, what's that? That's weird. And then I see the predator. I'm like, Oh, it's a predator movie. <laughs> like that would have been so much better even it's- to see through the clouds, like something and be like, what's going it's on? And then bag, a half hour later. Lunch bag letdown, you know? Like, I know, I know. Because then if I discovered it a half hour later and saw like there's the scene where, you know, you see little bits and things, but like 
you know, the, the three predator dots that are like its scanner and it's, 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 you know, the thing that it uses to hunt goes on one of the, the young hunters. And I'm like, that would have been such a cool moment if that was the discovery. It's built right here. Whereas as Predator fan, you'd be like, oh, what? Like he would, I would have lost my mind. As a non-Predator fan, you'd be like, the white people don't have that technology yet. Yeah, you would be like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what, what, what is happening? Like that, you missed out on that amazing opportunity. And this movie could have been perfect. And it went down to that was sloppy. Because the rest of this movie, Taylor, was actually quite good. The slow crawl was was really well done. Following this group around, like especially the character development between her and her brother, like perfect. You're learning bits about them. You kind of see how the relationship goes. Those two young actors were phenomenal. Some of the other acting was kind of hit and miss, but the two of them who you're focusing on was like excellent. Everything with the two of them just worked. Um, and one of the things this movie did, which I didn't even realize till after, is this movie released in two different versions. One, the English version that I saw. And uh, apparently with with the, the the young people speaking their native language, like it's their language that, that the movie is in. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool because the movie was treating English as their language because when they finally, they do at one point in time come across a bunch of white people causing problems and they're speaking, I think it was French. So they're not, they're not English speaking, they're French. And it made them like seem like the others because you were so ingrained that I thought they were doing like the, the hunt for red October thing where it's like, Oh, you're, you're all speaking English, but you're actually speaking Russian. Right. But I can just hear this English. To make it I thought they were doing that, but then it's also cool how they, they just reef. They have another cut of the movie. That's not dubbed. That's actually just in the language, which also is really cool. Like, yeah, I think that that's a really cool thing to do for, for a predator movie. Um, again, Prey would have been a perfect movie for me had it been ha- had they handled the Predator a little bit better and they gave you that kind of release because I just knew what was going on the whole time and I like to discover and and see kind of the the mystery unfold so I'm gonna give Prey a stream it um, excellent acting if you're a Predator fan you're gonna love this movie it is is easily better than any of the other Predator movies but if you're not into this kind of movie. I don't know. I don't know if you'll like it as much. Like, I would even recommend this movie, Taylor, to someone like you, had they kept the Predator a secret. Right. Until the middle. Because you would probably really get attached to the first part of the movie and be like, oh, this is, like, kind of neat and interesting and, like, this is well done. And then when that happens, you're already ingrained. And you're just like, what what is happening? That, like, wound wasn't there. You know, people, studios, Disney... They uh, don't, don't give the viewer any credit, right? They have to no, they don't show everything. Um, but anyway, yeah. that, that's my review for Prey. Um, so yes, if you're a Predator fan, definitely check it out. Um, just the one disappointing thing. Otherwise, it was a good movie. That's all we have for this week. We'll be back next week. And as I mentioned, we're probably going to have a good announcement for you, everybody, about that big episode in September. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.